0: welcome back folks to another episode of astro radio z and we have reached the finish line what does that mean that means we're finally finishing up the american ninja movies for 2018 with american ninja 5 made in 1993
2: In the battle between good and evil, ah! the magic power of the
1: ninja is about to reveal itself. Ah! David
2: Bradley returns ah! as the next generation of ninja warrior. He's a boy. It's my grandnephew. It's your last ninja. He's about to discover the mystic art of his ancestors. Think back, hero. Now a reluctant teacher we baby question. will question. lead an impatient student. Monster!
1: On an adventure
2: Hero is great a warrior than your father was. He too underestimated the poison of the rifle and faced the threat to his future. Who
1: are you, boy? You killed my father. Uh, Life ah! <laughs> is not a game. Maybe it is. Kill no! <laughs> him! Kid and introducing junior black belt champion Lee Reyes, American Ninja 5, the game begins.
3: This week on Astro Radio Z, family, American Ninja 5. John is your average American martial arts teacher slash ninja just trying to get through life. His life soon takes a crazy turn when he is put in charge of his sensei's not-so-ninja nephew, Hiro. But soon, John and Hiro find themselves on a hilarious, high-kicking adventure as they travel to Venezuela to rescue John's would-be girlfriend, who he thought was a man. Join them as they enter a live action video game where they take on level after level of colorful ninjas, dodge random ninja traps, and hero learns to unlock the ninja from within. All to fight the final boss Viper and save the world. Starring David, I'm not Sean Bradley, and this is my only movie DuPont, Ben Kingsley's porno stand-in Mark Fiorini, Pat, give me my damn check Morita, a Game Gear, And introducing Not Ernie Jr. Reyes. American Ninja 5, this week on Astro Radio Z Family.
0: No, you have not tuned in to the wrong podcast, folks. (laughs) Astro Radio Z is going into kiddie film territory tonight (laughs) with the last episode of American Ninja. And uh, because Mark the Movie Man, who you all know and love, was so goddamn excited about this movie, which may be his favorite movie of all time. I'm not sure. We'll find that out. Uh, he decided to, re- to record that little blurb you guys just heard. And little did I know, he's a complete fucking racist. Mark, the movie man, what do you have to say for yourself? Calling him.
4: The- what? <laughs> I can't even say
3: it. What? Not Ernie Reyes Jr. <laughs> <laughs>
4: You know, I'm glad he said it because I was thinking that.
1: <laughs>
4: I was like, this guy was in turn. Oh, no, he wasn't. Intern- no. <laughs> <laughs> Wait,
0: are you trying to say they all look the same style? No, no, you no, fucking
1: no, white his He's his racist. Name, his last name is Reyes.
3: <laughs> all I'm saying is when I saw him at first, I'm like, I didn't know he was in this
4: film. He's got the same realized. last name and he's playing a Kung Fu kid. I mean, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like, oh, they got, the, oh, he did this after. Oh no, no, this is, this can't be, is this like a cousin or it's like, <laughs>
0: okay we gotta stop this conversation is becoming very problematic more and more by the second so let me introduce the folks that are on on my show tonight if you've listened to the other american ninja episodes you know who they are i have mr dan Edenfield from the night keep hello Hello. sir
2: hi there
0: (laughs) i have the bfd glenn bittner is back hello hey there Derek. you absolutely know the sultry tones of mark the movie man Oh, yeah. As racist as they are, the movie man, <laughs> say hello.
3: Hell, hello.
0: <laughs> I'm trying not to paint you in a corner, Mark. I really love it's not
3: you. Too late for that. Geez. Yeah. You
0: can clean your, your sheets, your white sheets, while we do the podcast. <laughs> um, Scott Davis, <laughs> say hello.
4: hello. Hello.
0: And last but not least, Mr. Baltimore himself, Seth Bollard, say hello. Hi. So, American Ninja Five. Was originally shot as a completely different movie, originally titled American Dragons by Canon Pictures, and um before this movie was released on cable, and uh they decided to retitle this as an American Ninja movie. Now, people that have been following our episodes and have been watching along with us, which of course you all are, will notice something different about this movie. David Bradley is back but he is not the character we've come to know (laughs) at all. So it's a little off putting at first because you see David Bradley in the opening sequence of this film, which is a classic trope of martial arts films, the training montage and the training sequence. Now, most training sequences start with maybe some Tai Chi poses and some energy pulls and stuff like this. No, this movie starts off with full Borg up the crotch
4: splits.
0: <laughs> like copies, some trapeze
4: dude. gimmick. They just they, send, they just throw you right in.
5: <laughs> I mean, you are balls deep. And I mean, literally balls deep. We call that move a Carolina pile driver. <laughs> 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 but it can only be intended by professionals so if you're not david bradley or from carolina i do not recommend that. have your stirrups and you know stretching and stuff is so crucial and important for that so anyway, i'm sorry <laughs> You and you just drop it straight on down. It's a Carolina. <laughs> <football>. <laughs> drop it straight on down.
0: So, anyways, it's David Bradley and his sensei. I'm guessing his sensei, or just a buddy of his. No, it's a dude, buddy. Some dude. It's some rando dude who's Asian, of course. Uh, punching, bu- uh, like bunches of of bamboo sticks and uh, slicing apples on a katana blade and uh, doing the splits over and over and over again. Uh, Mark, the movie man, what were your um, non-erotic thoughts about this opening <laughs> training sequence?
3: Like, I'm like, why is he dodging his head? That bundle of bamboo is like a foot above him. He could have just stood still and, and it would still not have hit him. I don't know what he was dodging for, but. I, it was your standard opening, <laughs> seeing a lot more of David Bradley than you expect. I mean, you know, he does. What I love is the fact is he got his buddy there who's who's doing okay, but then Bradley would do the same, you know, the same moves, and he'd do a, a lot better. Like, he could hit the little ping pong ball in the circle a lot better than than his buddy. And then you get that finishing montage where he just hits all apples on the katana, like... <clears throat> And his buddy was like, had to do them one at a time, you know, yeah. so that showing that he's like the better, better, whatever, martial artist, yeah. but, you just know.
0: the better sous chef. <laughs> the
3: better <soups> <laughs>
0: see, chef. Well, I mean, they did grab just some random Asian guy from at a uh, karate dojo down the street to, to play beside
4: David Bradley. Seriously. <laughs> well, who is? Yeah. Okay. I want to just, I guess I should have looked this up before I like just opened my mouth, but there's like a guy um, who is like a who's the dude who actually like plays himself. Huh? Was that was that one of the ninjas later on or what? Because they actually have a thing like uh, Tadashi Yamashita uh, yeah. as himself.
6: Yeah. Maybe that's, that's that guy. I think not that guy. It's gotta be.
4: Well, he plays two roles in this movie, according to IMDb. Well, oh, no, it's, no, they both named Tatashi, so so it's one dude. But I don't know. I thought like I, I always, I so I kind of not knowing, you know, about like his full thing because he's always like the, uh, you know, he's always like in like like a stunt garb or something like that. For instance, he was in the first American Ninja. As like one of the main ninjas.
0: Oh, it is that guy. That's totally that's the the main bad guy from American Ninja One. So that it was
4: awesome. it was like it was, it was like basically like the guy like doing a cameo as himself. Yes. All right. See. Um,
5: that was the Black Star Ninja. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was him. Hint- like whenever I saw, him, I was like, "Dude, is that? No, no, it's not. Well, no."
1: Smart <laughs> <shit."> man.
5: <laughs> He wouldn't have, it it would have looked like they you know they all looked the same, but whenever I looked, I was like, nah. Well, he look, well, his, and that dude's evil. And he could fight with lasers and shit. So well, nah. I
0: don't, I don't it, it it totally foils Dan's whole illusion that these are actually true stories. Because that guy <laughs> would be dead. He wouldn't be alive. We'll be getting to that.
4: Oh, he turned over a new leaf and now he's teaching him to Teaching David Bradley, who now has a new name, teaching David
5: Bradley to love again. That's (laughs) It's got to happen before he becomes a cyborg.
0: (laughs) Okay, okay. Let's let's calm this down. So now we we get through this opening credit sequence, which is just a training montage, and we get to the movie proper. And we obviously notice that David Bradley is not the same character. His name is totally different. The tone, in general, is just really goofy with this so his character is kind of aloof in kind of a, a dough head and so we're supposed to believe that he's been trained in the ninja arts
4: <laughs> they he let anybody in nowadays.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I i didn't I, honestly i didn't buy a single second of his character glenn this version of david bradley you like this version of david bradley or you like the one we got used to in the rest of the series
7: Oh, what's not to love about Karate Kid Miami Vice version that they got here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the first time I watched it, you know, I, I paid so much attention. I didn't even know it wasn't the same guy because I just didn't fucking care. <laughs> and then on the second time, like, I was like, oh, shit, he's not the same character. <laughs> I still don't care.
0: <laughs> it's, it, it's kind of jarring between the last couple movies that were really super serious and kind of dark and then you get to this one and it totally has the vibe of the movies that were coming out around that time like surf ninjas or three ninjas where it it just casually lifts certain elements that uh the mouth breathers of america would associate with asian culture and uh this casual racism is very purveyant through the entire movie. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways that it is most apparent is the fact that um, in one of the million and a half chase sequences in this movie, the movie <laughs> is lousy with chase sequences, there is this stock pan flute playing <clears> throat> so throat> obnoxiously through the entire movie. <laughs> It is the most (laughs) jarring fucking thing because these are sequences where you're supposed to feel tension and you hear this pan flute, which I'll probably more than likely play underneath this section while we talk about it. (laughs) And and it totally is supposed to remind you of the the culture of the people involved. And it is obnoxious. Uh, Seth, the pan flute Soundtrack, which is almost the entire soundtrack. What do you think of this?
6: Uh, well, I think my most important note that I took was, what in the blue hell is this pan flute music doing? <laughs> because I, I guess saying that they were in South America wasn't enough. Also, South American ninjas doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but <laughs> the pan flute music, it started and it just didn't stop. <laughs> it, it comes on and then th- that scene ends and it's still going and then a few more scenes end and you're like okay this is gonna get back to like some other music at some point right but it, no it, <laughs>
5: no, it, it just it, doesn't it, it so. great reggae stuff too
6: <laughs> so i i guess you either take it or leave it because it's there for the duration.
4: That guy was you know and that guy was really dedicated you know he was like nailing every take on that soundtrack and like after they said yeah that's a keeper he'd be like you know grabbing his crotch and blowing a kiss to (laughs) ear and you know he'd be doing the whole thing like (laughs) yes (laughs) that's right.
5: You, you do not pan flute up your ass.
4: All those years studying at the conservatory. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Did they have pan flute at the conservatory? He had a Tall shrine up in his corner that he would sit there and rub himself around the face <laughs> before he get, dance around like the lower half of him naked. A, and a
4: lot of people do that. People
5: <laughs> and and, oh, uh,
0: well, speaking of completely uncomfortable sexuality, <laughs> we have our lead child actor hero who the main thrust of the plot of American Ninja five is that while uh, David Bradley is training at some local dojo, Pat Morita walks in oh, with God. hero in a completely off-putting sequence in which Pat Morita doesn't speak broken English. It talks with the most plain Jane white boy accent ever, I was convinced first time I watched this that it was an overdub. I'm like, that's not Pap Marina.
4: Well, I, I've heard him speak of, uh, in a regular, regular, you know, no accent, plenty of times. What got me wasn't that he was walking in with a regular accent. It was what that he was walking in without a mustache. That messed me up. <laughs> that messed me up. I'm like, I'm like, God. I thought I was really taken off guard when Tom Selleck dropped his mustache. This just feels wrong.
0: Well, later he (laughs) pops back in in this ridiculous conjuring scene that we'll get to later with a with a fucking Lemmy styled handlebar mustache. (laughs) It's like it's so poorly put on him that it's ridiculous. The Turbo Hogan, yeah, (laughs) it's totally the Turbo Hogan, fucking but anyway. So Pat Morita walks into this joint and drops off hero for uh, david bradley to watch because david bradley was supposedly supposed to house sit for pat marita while he went on a trip and in real classy style pat marita ups the ante last minute before david bradley can walk out oh yeah by the way watch this snot-nosed kid that does nothing but play sega game gear all day see ya yeah. later <laughs> And he vanishes into smoke with with a, a sound effect taken straight out of a super the Super Mario Brothers fucking cartoon. <laughs> and we from. are tri- we are treated to this child actor <laughs> who does nothing but play. Well, the movie straight up gives us the hardest fucking chill for a Sega Game Gear you've ever seen this side of the Wizard, <laughs> and that's for Nintendo. But this is like. This movie is dedicated to shilling that goddamn Game Gear. Nobody wants that fucking thing, almost to the point where later in the movie, Hero is walking around a Venezuelan street trying to pawn it off on, just give it away to people, and nobody wants it. I know. This is
4: exactly how I felt when I owned a Sega Master System. <laughs> nobody wants a Game Gear. But anyways, Hero, uh, uh, he is a very troubled
0: boy because he his dad is dead and multiple other uh, things have happened to him in which he just kind of bops between houses now. So he's kind of lost, but he's also coming into his own sexuality at the very moment. He happens upon David Bradley because every time he goes around a girl, he uncomfortably talks about the fact he's getting boners. (laughs) (laughs) This is a children's movie. Might I remind everyone, Mark, Mark, Talk to me about hero and the fact every 15 minutes it looks like he's about to come in his pants.
1: <laughs> Talk to me about child boulders. <laughs> Why'd you pick me? <laughs> <laughs> Bad enough, you paint me a racist now. You're just, you're just, <laughs> <mean enough>.
4: And now I'm just sitting back here. He's just liking the fact that the heat is off me for a- sure. <laughs> <laughs> Scott's going to kick his feet up, ah. unbuckle his
6: pants a little bit.
4: <laughs> So this is what vacation feels yeah, like. He's totally <laughs> Al bundy
6: it, putting his hand in the... his waistband. I don't know if putting your hand in your waistband in well, this conversation. I, is.
4: The best. I will wait with my hand on my waist until there's something less incriminating. <laughs> than Thank you very much. God damn it. Anyway, <laughs> you
3: are right, though, that he's just a walking hormone because we meet the girl who David Bradley thought was a guy, which just makes him even more of a dough head. I'm like, how even when she was in her overalls and covered head to toe and in varnish, how did you think that was a guy? But so they're on that date. And he, he's wondering, Hey, is she pretty? Is she pretty? And then he sees her. And he's like, Whoa, she is pretty. And David Brad's like, Yeah. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> Because David Bradley, who plays American Ninja, he he sits there and, and you know he he's got the girl there, and, and of course the camera angle too, and she, the way she's just everything about this is wrong, um, and she's just like, oh sure, he can be on the board, and I'm like, what the hell? Is this, what, this is awkward you've got him on a date with these two you know you got Chowderhead played playing american ninja he's sitting there and, and ogling her and this kid you know it's the only thing that makes him look up from his game gear so <laughs> the whole that whole date scene thing is awkward um, you know and then it's like they're having dinner and she goes and she drops that flirty line if you liked dinner wait till you see my dessert and David Bradley who plays American Ninja he goes over to uh you know his kid he goes and he's like (laughs) 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 he's like well let me play game gear first he's like okay I'm gonna go check on her dessert (laughs) I know this is like introducing him you know he's trying to be get his break or whatnot but and we'll get to the scene later with the with the van but he's got to learn to not react until something actually happens on screen because there's one scene later on in the film where uh, he's hanging in the air and Bradley goes, I'll be back. And before he's off screen, the kids got this expression like, Oh, Hey, Oh, look at him go. Oh, look at him I fight. But nothing's that. happening.
5: I noticed that too. That was funny. Anyway.
3: And, and it, yeah. And it happens in a couple other spots too, where he's reacting to nothing. I'm like, dude, Dude, go back to your acting coach, man. He's got a
5: ninja five. I mean, there's not much to react with.
3: No, that's true. Maybe he was trying to make something out of nothing. I don't
0: know. Well, let's remember this was not shot as an
3: American ninja movie. No, it was not. And you could tell completely. And just with this, with him and his forced humor as well. Oh, my God. Where they're driving the truck. Uh, Well, life is not a game. Well, apparently it is. (laughs) Like, what the, <laughs> this, this kid i am like could they write you a worse part for you dude really <laughs> oh man well what?
0: the the kid i mean to get back to the creep factor the the kid literally at that date that you were talking about she offers him his her hand yeah and he basically tongues her hand Yes. In front of everybody. It's like, dude, slow your fucking roll.
3: Yeah, he's, he's like seriously kissing the amount of skin off of the back of her hand. Like literally sucking it like a leech.
0: It's this like, kid. This is a kid's movie. And we have the rapiest kid this side of the pit.
1: In well, also,
3: it doesn't help in that scene that she's, you know, bent over to help him up on the ladder. So you know he's got a direct eye line to things, and it's just, oh man. Yeah. Nice. Ooh.
5: Yes, I stuffed it myself. <laughs>
1: yes, exactly.
0: So the the vast majority of this movie is essentially Jill, who's the love interest, gets kidnapped because her dad. Is a, Yet again, we have a major bad guy attempting to make some biological wemp- weapon and sell it to people for reasons. And her dad is the scientist developing this. She gets kidnapped by ninjas, purple ninjas, teal ninjas, white ninjas, br- black ninjas, white ninjas, <laughs> all sorts of uh, very diverse, very <laughs> racially diverse ninjas in this movie. <laughs>
3: Well, these are still leftovers from the American Ninja films. So. Yep.
7: Well, they, had to, they, they had to pay these guys. Well, they <laughs> um, have to have those colors so that Joe knows what level opponent he's fighting. Yes. No, right.
0: Yep. So the whole rest of the movie is um Hero and David Bradley stowing away very improbably on many different <laughs> vehicles and breaking out of jail and all this other shit and just running from one place to the next the entire fucking movie
4: well i would i would really argue that the bad guy was had this big plot to do basically what i got from this was the big bad guys plot was that they were really 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 dedicated to killing a puppy they because, were because, like every scene, like okay, the 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 virus is working. Kill this puppy. Like bring in the puppy. The puppy. Yeah. They always <laughs> got to bring the puppy in when they're every, about to test it. Every every scene, every scene, it was always the same puppy. <laughs> they just like like this puppy's gonna die. <laughs> <They> just, <laughs> it's the cutest puppy. little thing. Oh my! I'm such a dog person. So thank God they're so inept at what they're doing because otherwise I would never forgive this movie because oh my God adorbs but uh, (laughs) (laughs) sweetest little thing but yeah they just keep on like pushing this puppy on people like like even when they're ready to like kill you know and gas our heroes towards the end of the movie of course because if there's ever ever, like a thing there's got to be a scene where the heroes are in danger of getting gassed that's the whole thing uh, even that, they showed the puppy in there. <laughs> I mean,
0: just out beyond, of nowhere, bring the puppy in.
4: Are we beyond the puppy? <laughs> I said this is a movie about some bad guys who are just really, really, really want to kill a puppy, and they can't. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and they're such lousy villains, they can't. Get it? They can't seal
5: the deal. <laughs> you, got it, you got that right. It's almost like this circumstantial idiocy. <laughs> when you've got uh, Walter, not Walter, damn it, uh, Pat Morita, dropping his kid off with David Bradley to just do whatever, and then just happen to have this evil criminal organization in Venezuela that the dude is trying to cook up nerve gas for the evil criminal mastermind who has his own criminal company. And so they kidnap the daughter of the nerve gas maker who happens to be trying really hard to bang David Bradley. David Bradley in this movie should be walking around with a snorkel because he's drowning in pussy apparently. <laughs> it's like 10 minutes I was trying to get you the other day. I was trying to he's like I said varnish not varnish and she's like yeah but i was trying to get your attention because yeah, she might as t- well been <laughs> naked uh, on her knees <laughs> the entire and, movie. It's like, and it's like good lord meanwhile the little kid's like he got a bone but, <laughs> yeah, venezuela just because she just happens to get kidnapped and david bradley for some reason feels the need to pursue this chick and it it's just the entire thing is so implausible and yet it happened is <laughs> david bradley's biography so we just got to it. True story <laughs> have some respect god damn it it's american ninja all right not American.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well david bradley much like steve james and the rest of the series has a real problem with keeping his shirt on in this <laughs> movie it gets torn off left and right And he breaks free thanks to, you know, the little hand symbol, you know, they put their hands together in some cockamamie position and then they they think real hard. And it's mostly David Bradley on top of a building with his shirt off, totally yoked beyond fucking belief. The guy is so goddamn ripped that I don't know how he even moves his arms, to be honest. Can, can and, I talk- and He's able with the power of his mind to make handcuffs fall off and do a whole bunch of other improbable shit. Now, Dan, I know this entire series of episodes, you have been so rock hard over this shit. What did you think about the goddamn like what, what the koronetsu or whatever the fuck it's called? He's using his fucking hand hand jobber symbol, whatever the fuck it is. Did this make you excited?
5: In a way, yes. Um, And it felt about six or seven hours into the movie whenever that finally happened. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. It's
0: Don't only watch. an hour and 45 minutes,
5: folks. Bullshit. I was there.
1: <laughs> I <it> was there, <laughs> goddammit.
5: I was there for all eight hours. I was there for season one, okay? <laughs> this motherfucker was, no, no. It wasn't an hour and a half. It, look, it's American Ninjas. It does what I said was kind of cool with it. Like, from the... 10-year-old kid. When you watch it, they just tease. Magic is there, but they don't like come out and shove it in your face, wiggle it around like you know, Mark showing his dangling to people. What? Wait. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow, Mark is under attack this episode.
5: They just hint at it. You know, and again, it was not- <laughs> I've only heard we've only heard stories, Mark. <laughs> There's only been hints. No, it just they briefly <laughs> Hint about the ninja magic, but they never get to come out and say it. So that whenever they do the little things, it's just cool. It's kind of endearing. That is better than listening to that goddamn pan flute and the stock reggae music and that fucking bike chase sequence when the kids in the bike trying to get away from the ambulance. That was like two hours of the film right there. I swear I wanted to carve my eyeballs out. But regardless, he has ninja magic. David Bradley knows magic. We've seen this. His haircut, while I can't say it was better in this film, it was still stylish.
3: Can we talk about that for a minute? He caught fire his pants burned his jacket burned everything he
6: jumped off the pier he was jumping like this shit was was like god (laughs) damn (laughs) i forgot to
3: give him the protective coating for the fire for david bradley because he ran off that pier like he was on fire he's like oh shit
4: he was totally on fire i mean that was something where i'm like they didn't they didn't take any kind of like safety precautions or anything. He is actually on fire. I take back anything I may have said about his, uh, what whether like how good of, uh he was in the stunt scenes uh in previous movies. Dude, he was like kicking ass in these action sequences. It's great. And then it's like, yeah, OK, they're still not the same as those, you know, really, you know, life endangering Hong Kong films. And oh, never mind. David Bradley is on fire. Legitimately <laughs> on fire,
0: shit in his pants, jumping off a goddamn pier. He's
4: like, goddamn micro budget.
1: Ah,
3: no. <laughs> that was good no watching it (laughs) he he burst into flames because he was nowhere near that explosion to where he should have caught fire but in any case the next scene we got the kid trying to hawk his game gear which nobody wants because they're like dude that's not compatible with anything i got at home and next thing he's on a roof with his pants perfectly and his shirt off and i'm like wait what and then the next scene we see him later on he stopped by a surf shop and bought himself some uh Spiffy clothes because he suddenly shows up in this like button down pink shirt and, and stylish t shirt. I'm like, what the hell? And he stopped by, you know, freaking freaking the gap,
5: and bought himself some clothes. Talking about kicking ass, we did get the homage to the other American ninja, David Bradley, caught another motherfucking arrow Yes, <laughs> I mentioned <laughs> that a flaming arrow this time.
3: Yeah, that was set fire by n- nothing.
0: I... Doesn't matter. Doesn't it's matter. It's fired, fired,
7: fired, fired.
6: fired by pan flute. Good God!
5: You got to focus the magic if you want to use. It. And that's what causes the pan flute. You know the magic's working when the pan flute happens.
0: Well, you know you're about to watch a 10-minute long sequence of two people chasing each other when you hear that goddamn pan flu. Every single time that's the cue, you can fast forward. Just hit the 30-second the button on your player and fast forward <laughs> because all it's going to be is two people chasing each other. Now, other things that he does that is rather strange, for some reason, about half hour into this movie, he starts trying to do an Elvis impression for some unknown reason. Multiple times. He's escaping from the various colored ninjas and looks Hey at- hey hey
5: Ninja America
0: <laughs> Ninja Americans please please be sensitive <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Look at what I've started folks um <laughs> please continue <laughs> he, looks at- he looks at hero goes le swang <laughs> what the fuck is that? Where did that come from? Or he he just gets done. He, he gets swung at by some random fucking mercenary, and he looks at him and goes, "If you're gonna hit me, hit me hard." Yeah.
5: <laughs> See, David Bradley is not funny. <laughs> Newsflash! Ding, 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 no, ding. no, I'm not, there is no humor with him. He is a killing machine, and that's why the first half of this movie he's just kicking ass, and then all of a sudden. Basically, whenever he stops by waves and gets those new clothes and rescues the kid, when the other ninjas come out, the ninja Americans start attacking him because they're all diverse ninjas. He takes a sword and starts killing these motherfuckers. Like before he was just kicking them and like staring at him with his bradley face and they were back off. Like, <laughs> but then he grabbed the sword, and now he's starting to cut motherfuckers up and then well, really- dan he they were throwing they were tr- attempting to
0: kill hero now let's mind mind you <laughs> tw- he's a 12 year old boy and they're throwing grenades at this kid <laughs> he didn't share his doritos That's right. It it was a a, a very blatant disregard for Doritos in
5: that opening scene. Yeah. So, I mean, he he signed his own death warrant. People have been trying to kill that kid all movie. He just (laughs) happened to be around David Bradley, and nobody kills you except for David Bradley. So, I mean, he wasn't going to let anybody else kill the kid. He wanted to do it regardless. He didn't start killing people until about halfway through it. And then all of a sudden, David Bradley just becomes like this walking goddamn mortuary. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna take a sword and just start hacking motherfuckers up with it. And then it goes from, oh well, I'm just gonna kick, you know, kick some people in roundhouse stuff. Now the body count is just stacking up like cordwood with these people. But that's because David Bradley has no humor. He killed, him. that's what he does. <laughs>
7: killed. I, I, I think it was that he had to desensitize the kid because it's like you're bringing the kid along yeah. on a killing spree, you don't want to start in just killing 20 guys, you want to beat them up first so
5: he gets <laughs> acclimated to, to the violence. That's right, very good. See, finally, the voice of reason. <laughs> <laughs> he does kill a small, small nation
0: of
1: <laughs> <laughs> it,
0: it so and uh, Seth, I want to talk about the fact that david bradley eventually after getting whittled down the entire movie by hero asking him to train him as a ninja trains him in one fucking day oh yeah and the kid becomes a full-fledged ninja hey, thoughts
6: man. you don't you don't get the uh, the title of american ninja by taking your time <laughs> you, know, right? you don't become you don't become a little ninja man by taking your time <laughs> <laughs> david bradley spent 20 minutes teaching him the finger thing and then a few tai chi poses on the beach got a little visit from uh from grandpa and boom put on that black cloak and let's kick some ass until you get backhanded by the viper
0: and then he then he thinks he thinks ninja rules are bogus, no, They're
6: ninja ninja totally rules bogus. are bogus you don't want to listen to your sensei why would you do that? <laughs> you wouldn't have movies and adventure. I do like that he did not drop the horn dog attitude, though. Even though he became an ninja
1: yeah.
6: first yeah. fight sees a girl in a bikini. Don't look at that; it's gonna make you sweat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he totally comes in his pants. Oh yeah, I'm sweating.
4: <laughs> I don't know how that kid uh, managed to kept like kicking. When, look, okay, I once uh, tried to exercise. This is about to get the, very
0: uncomfortable, I have a feeling.
4: <laughs> I, I, I once tried to exercise on a treadmill while watching um, a, some stuff from the Something Weird video catalog, you know? <laughs> and. Uh, no, I don't know. I lasted Scott, five, I, I, I lasted five minutes, and man, that was painful. So I don't know how this kid was kicking. Uh, if he was constantly talking about the boners he was getting. <laughs> because,
5: wow. I mean, what is that, that would you? just
4: make me... W- oh, no! no. Sweet
5: <laughs> Jesus! All I'm hearing is it's like, you ever seen Richard Simmons on Vicodin and cocaine? <laughs> <laughs> try to stand on a treadmill watching something weird.
1: <laughs>
0: <It's> just- <laughs> now that's a sweat into the oldies that I'm not aware of.
5: Next thing, he's going to come out wearing a turtle Hogan and a headband to <laughs> David Bradley coming out at him from all the corners.
0: <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Hero, after, after he trains for one fucking day and becomes a full-fledged ninja, him and David Bradley break into the main bad guy's facility and rescues Jill, the love interest, using broken English. Her, her name's Lisa. Lisa, whatever. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you <have> a random, <laughs> random chick in this movie.
3: She has one movie. Give her credit. Come on.
0: No, she's barely a character. She we're supposed to believe that her dad is her dad when they're the exact same age.
3: He's got an accent too, because all scientists need an accent, apparently. No. <laughs> so so they break
0: in and they have to fight. The main bad ninja that we haven't talked about the entire movie yet named the Viper, who is a ninja mercenary wizard that appears with the same Super Mario Brothers, the cartoon sound effect and smoke, and wears a gold chain like Flava Flav (laughs) and red winter gloves and a ponytail. He looks like
4: Dr. Strange. (laughs) he looks, he looks like look- budget strange <laughs>
5: budget strange dude you would look like that too if you survived a stick fight with Rambo he was Rambo's opponent in Rambo 3 when they were stick fighting
4: oh yeah
5: okay. Blue he's like yeah. a martial arts badass but anyway I mean I'd be walking around in a goofy ass outfit like that too if Rambo went a couple rounds with me hit me in the face with some sticks I'd be lucky to be walking around at all so I mean we just take it easy on that guy you know what I mean <laughs>
0: Oh, this guy is literally the reason to watch this movie. Every time he comes in, the movie gets instantly hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> are fucking stupid? So fucking stupid. He cannot fight worth a pinch of shit. Him and Dave, like David Bradley, all of a sudden they like forget what choreography is, and editing takes over. And you do not like the final battle of this entire movie takes place in a cardboard box factory. And (laughs) I could not tell you who hit anybody because you never see the impact of any punch because the editing is so fucking bad. It is embarrassing, but it's really enjoyable. Like those are the best parts of the movie besides the intro training montage. So (laughs) I don't really, I can't really get, two down on it glenn compared to the other bad guys of this movie what do you of this movie series what do you think about the the viper
7: what, there's a villain in this one <laughs> um yeah i i don't know you summed it up earlier man where it's just it's a dude who really hates dogs <laughs> that's all it is i mean it's 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 nothing new not even not even close it is, I, I'd say it's a cardboard cutout villain, but I mean, they couldn't spring for cardboard. They spent all their money on pan flutes <laughs> and pan flutes in those boxes they had to pile up
3: in that completely white warehouse. Yeah. Well, that's because they had white ninjas because you hit the final level. Those were like the mini bosses before the main boss. So they were camouflaged because they were white in the white room. That's why they were white, you see. <laughs>
4: All I can think about is you guys oh. keep talking about the uh is, is you guys keep talking about the way they would appear and disappear in the smoke and the uh, light and the like laser the Super Mario sound effect. And whenever you say Super Mario sound effects, I think that this movie missed its calling. The movie should have been uh, the kid running around uh this is a kid who uh incidentally uh played by lee reyes son of ernie reyes senior ha told you we're in the clear now anyway um <laughs> this kid so this kid's running around and then every now and then the kid eat, eats, a, eats a mushroom puff of smoke he's david bradley <laughs> and that should be like how the movie goes <laughs> oh
0: man i wish that was
3: this movie
0: <laughs> Dude, that would was-
3: See, I was thinking the other angle to where this kid was, you know, because he was hooked on the game gear. So he was like caught in a video game, you know, like this is a live action because he got the colored ninjas going no, on.
4: Don't do that. They'll do that for American Ninja six. Well, it would
3: it would make sense because there's multiple
0: scenes in this movie where it just cuts like a video game would cut into a level like at the end of the movie supposedly they defeat viper and then all of a sudden they chase down a plane that he's in the viper's in yes and all of a sudden they're just in the air
3: (laughs) it takes itself off fighting and the plane takes itself off yeah i love that they were
7: fighting autopilot
3: I don't think that's how it works, Glenn. (laughs) He hit the autopilot before they were in the air, but suddenly cut. We're in the air. We're like, well, well, okay. (laughs) We're
5: (laughs) in some
0: stock footage of a plane flying over a (laughs) city.
5: I like how he was flying with his cape on, too.
0: I also like how he he zapped himself, transported himself from the cardboard box facility in an all red outfit, and when he turned up on the plane, he had during teleportation changed his pants to the black ones.
3: Yeah. Well, can can I ask if he could teleport that quickly? When he caught fire, and why, why didn't he just teleport then? Because they seem to teleport reasons, at will Mark, and
6: reasons can't well, <laughs> yeah, teleport we, while you're on fire. Well, who says I you can know. only run scared? I did. When you're about to shit yourself <laughs> off of here.
3: <laughs> you know, I, I don't know this end quote unquote battle with the viper. Viper goes out like a bitch too because here he is, this <laughs> badass guy, and you know suddenly. They're in the plane, and the kid pulls out the medallion, which is his dad's medallion. Which oh, Viper my God, when, <laughs> when Viper killed him, and, and Bradley is on the ropes. Viper is about to make him feel the venom, which apparently the spikes have poison on them. but Bradley got scratched earlier, but he wasn't hurt. But then again, in the previous American Ninjas, we know that uh Brad, David Bradley playing American Ninja uh, doesn't get hurt by poison. But in any case... The kid hits him in the head with this medallion. Now, the problem is the medallion's plastic, even though it's supposed to be metal. So, you know, it hits the guy, the main bad guy in the head, and he has to act like this thing hurt. But he's also like, thank God this is my final scene. So he just kind of wobbles. Well, it's in slow motion. It's and like just so barely,
0: it, the reaction between him getting the impact of this plastic flavor, flave medallion hitting oh. his forehead is like in slow motion and eternity until he finally reacts to it hitting his head.
5: Dude, I died laughing watching this because the kid pulls it and there wasn't sound, but I could hear it. <laughs> you could hear it. Go, roll. And he fires, <laughs> and it bounces off of his forehead, and he looks surprised because he didn't move. It was just,
1: <laughs> and,
2: then,
1: <laughs> and all he could think of was jumping for the tennis ball machine in Seinfeld when it hits Kramer in the face. <laughs> that was that ending, because it <laughs> off his forehead, and he just stared at nothing. and didn't move for like a second, <laughs> and then. He finally, like, oh! <laughs> he reacts. To
3: it. He <laughs> like remembered he had to react to it, but they shot it in slow motion,
1: so
6: <laughs> we did. there's like a solid second of it just bouncing on his fucking face. And he's just. Up. I
1: think Dan's dead. I think yeah. he's dead.
6: the end of American Ninja Five broke Dan. That isn't even the funniest
0: scene. That isn't it's there's one part that's even funnier than that. So they (laughs) defeat fucking Viper and they cut to later when they're back on uh Lisa or whoever whatever her name's boat. Back on Lisa. (laughs) becky (laughs) becky they're back (laughs) on becky's boat Yeah, hero is playing his game gear because he's the only one in america that has a goddamn game gear and pat marita shows up on the dock and hero jumps off the boat and flips and they cut away to a a grown ass man flipping in the air. <laughs> then they come back to hero jumping on the dock. A fucking grown ass.
3: Well, <laughs> it's the same grown ass man who was driving the truck earlier. So
0: <gasps> I
3: fucking died laughing. <laughs> they might as well put a shitty
0: dummy. They might as well threw a shitty dummy in the air. <laughs> It's almost as bad as that scene in American Ninja 2 where fucking Duty turns around and it's a totally different stand-in and the guy looks at the fucking camera while he's walking. (laughs) It's so bad. It's so it fucking broke me. It goddamn broke me. Um. So Mirkin Ninja Five in general, (laughs) it was worth. It's something else, Seth Bowling. Give give your general thoughts. We broke this thing down. Give your general thoughts on on this entire movie and your experience.
6: Talking with you guys about this movie was far more enjoyable than watching this movie. (laughs) I am with Dan that this thing was eight hours long. It took me the course of three or four days to get through this thing. Even at 100, what is it, Uh hour and 45 minutes, it's 20 minutes too long. There's some silly shit that'll make you laugh. Uh, Hero does get backhanded once, which was appreciated. <laughs> Other than that, uh, skip the pan flute. Skip the 20-minute chase scene. Skip Pat Morita. Just skip all of this.
0: Pat Morita is barely in this gimmick. I mean, I, he I, he collected a day rate and was fucking out of there.
4: Oh yeah, I like him better when he's like in Andy Sedaris movies and like like being a, like a badass villain and yeah. like like surrounded like by like big pitted playmate boy playmates and like talking about the erotic properties of shiatsu massage <laughs> and then he'd like kill a guy. You know that movie exists, guys. That movie exists. <laughs> it's a wonderful thing. But yeah, this is uh, this is him. Uh, They got him uh, on both on both times he was coming and going from the set on this exact same lunch break, I think.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Would
0: you recommend anyone anyone see this? Oh, me? Yes, you.
4: (laughs) Well, here's the deal with this movie. Um, I, you know, as soon as this came out, I, I skipped it for years. I skipped it for years because I saw the trailer. I said, Oh, that's bullshit. That's not even American Ninja. And I looked at the box and said, That's not even American Ninja. And I put it back. And I knew we were gonna get to this. And I'm like, okay, here we go. The kid movie. Hate kid mo- hate it when they bring kids into a show. Hate it when they bring them into a movie. It always makes it so much more annoying. Here's the thing though. I liked this movie i thought I thought this was a fun simple little uh, probably a, not a very family appropriate adventure but i thought it was a fun little adventure movie that was goofy as hell i laughed at all the parts that they wanted me to laugh at i laughed at a lot of the parts they didn't want me to laugh at uh i thought the action was surprisingly good uh i th- thought the film was moving pretty well until they brought in all this backstory and then it became like about 15 minutes too long. But, uh, yeah, I actually kind of dug this. It's, I would like this, recommend this movie. I think that it would be, is a fun movie, but here's the thing. I recommend it as a normal movie, but it's not American Ninja. I don't recommend it as an American Ninja movie as its own thing, as its own silly little side thing. Absolutely. But as part of the series, no, but, uh, no, I, I did not think this was a bad movie at all.
0: I think everyone's going to be very surprised by this. But I actually kind of agree with Scott.
4: Thank you, sir. This.
0: <laughs> I agree with Dan. This movie is about 20 minutes far too long. Mm-hmm. But as a movie that's not an American Ninja movie that's for kids, this is fine. It's goofy. I've Okay, full disclosure, I watched this thing three times for this episode. Because like Glenn had stated before, the first time I watched this, I didn't even realize David Bradley was not the same character. I was so, like, not even barely paying attention to this thing. I was like, oh, God, that was, I'm going to have to watch this again because I didn't take any notes. What the fuck? So I watched it again. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that was okay. I still didn't take any notes for some unknown reason. And I watched it again today and took all the notes, and I'm like, you know what? That wasn't too bad. It's okay. It's better than any of the Vice Academy movies.
4: Oh, we had to do that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I, I tend to agree with with Scott on this one. It's it's fine for what it is. It's fine for what it is. Glenn, what are your thoughts?
7: My thoughts is that this movie proves to me again that Scott Davis and Derek Carey are fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs>
4: um I no arguments.
7: <laughs> I, I'm not gonna fight that one. Yeah, I just oh man, the fact that I watched this one twice is is testament that I make poor life choices and I <laughs> don't care about my own well-being. So I would not recommend this to anyone that I have an ounce of care about in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's a, wow. I mean, it's just, no.
0: Where do you (laughs) rank this in the series?
7: Uh, In the series? Boy, I don't know. Let's see. Number three was like the flat earthers of American Indian movies. This would be like the anti-vaxxers of uh of uh, <laughs> uh What happened to vaccinate your kids? They uh they talk about their boners all the time.
0: <laughs> oh my god. That's uh the thank you. <laughs> thank you for that, Mark the movie man. Your final thoughts on this damn thing.
3: Uh, yeah. Um yeah as not an american ninja film if this was just a any other film they would have given it a title and just marketed it for young adults maybe teenagers you know it's little palatable but barely even for 90s family film but yeah it's it's there i think it's so, it, they should have never put American Ninja on it. I mean, for one, David Bradley, he, he freaking lost weight between this one and the previous ones because I didn't even recognize him. I'm like, wait, wait, that's David Bradley? Because, you know, he had, he just looked different in the other American Ninja films. Um, but yeah, though, kids can learn some things, they learn just how tough, uh, uh, some characters can be like take for instance the lisa beth jill whatever character that you guys called her um
0: rebecca rebecca we'll
3: call her i'm sorry i missed that name too uh she can slide down six uh story Ah,
0: i'm glad you're bringing this up it's in my notes too
3: (laughs) she could slide down rope with her bare hands on this very rough, like nautical rope down six flights, six floors of a hotel, and not have a single scratch on her hands. So there's that. When she's being held hostage, she's not really being held hostage because she's eating grapes and reading her magazine. Even when Ben Kingsley's porno stand-in comes in uh to try to, you know, get with her, she's just like, yeah, she's, you know, so. You know she's actually a pretty tough character in this, so you got to pay attention to that, okay? And, and give credit where credits due, because uh, she's got hands of steel apparently. <laughs> um, overall, though, it's 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 light fair that they were trying to cash in on a title, and as long as you go in not expecting an American Ninja film, you, you may get some enjoyment out of it. But it does have some of those awkward early. 90s moments in it that today people will go wow okay <laughs> definitely from a different time period when you know those types of things were just looked past so yeah
0: like child boners
1: like child, <laughs> making,
3: making you sweat yeah
0: yeah endless child boners so i wanted to leave the last thoughts on American Ninja Five, to Mr. Daniel Adenfield, who's been the champion of the American Ninja movies this entire run this year, so Mr. Dan,
5: it's up to you, oh, I mean, this damn thing is eight hours long. It is a full season. it is a marathon. This is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> You have had four ninjas of ninja master training. You've had four movies to get you through this. So if your training can't help you, then you're done. On the whole, this is a cool movie, I guess. Let me see if I can think of a good way to explain this without pissing too many people off. We all have that one friend who he's not retarded. He's just...
4: (laughs) How are you going to do this without pissing people off?
1: <laughs> i can
5: say it i have i have a relative who is well, okay this is getting worse by the second just listen okay this movie i'm not i'm not insensitive but you know how all right you know how we all have that friend that makes something that just wants to be so sincere and makes this thing that's the best that they could do. And it's, they just poured their heart and soul in, and they did, they tried. You can tell that they have tried their best to make this thing. That is the best of their ability. And it sucks, but you can't tell them that because it would just completely destroy them. So you just have to be like, yeah, this is great. This is fantastic. Yeah. That's kind of what this movie is. It uh, it was made. I'm sure. Just you watch it. Somebody tried really hard to make it. Was it excellent? Not really. But it oozes the '90s, and it's. I mean, this for what it is. It's fun. It's not horrible. I mean, it's not great. David Bradley is a beast, and whenever it's again, it's kind of like the American Ninja. Oh, hell, I forgot which one we were talking about. What was the one with the piano loop over and over again? Wasn't that part three? Yeah. Yeah, The one with him and Steve James, like where they, you could see them consciously trying not to kill the people that they were fighting. It's kind of like that in this movie. Like, David Bradley, I mean, he seriously kicks ass. And it's like he has to be careful to not kill people that he is fighting with. Not to mention, this movie actually gives us a slow mo aerial spin kick from yeah, david total jp total jv uh jcvd shit you're damn right and uh, that because when i saw it i was like oh hell yeah he can do that shit that and when the training montage whenever it's like the little silhouette of them and david bradley just standing there with his leg cocked up in the air and she was like you know a half carolina pile driver you know this is <laughs> sort of this is like the mississippi <laughs> leg hook here and he's showing the kid how to use the boner effectively <laughs> <There's> <laughs> in this movie. It's just, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, gonna... boner
0: training, not
3: ninja training, boner training. I, not... I mentioned... oh, I'm sorry. No, I was just gonna say, I gotta go with you, Daniel. And that I will say the martial arts fighting in this, um, at least by. David Bradley is probably some of the best we've seen throughout
5: the series in all honesty. I mean,
7: the director what is a stunt coordinator? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh,
5: what? oh okay, well then that explains a lot there. And
7: I'm I'm sure his parents put this up on their
5: fridge. <laughs> Thank you somebody gets it. Somebody got my reference. <laughs> then that might explain a lot of like the boring chase scenes and stuff if the stunt if the guy that directed the movie obviously is more into stunt fighting and stunt coordination then that would that probably that explains a lot actually but then the movie and also we have ninja magic now again this is hokey I know and it it's fucking stupid but I like it, just like Puppet Master, when they just barely mention things like the old ones and old gods and just toying with, you know, incantations in the Puppet Master movies. It's the same with this. You just get one little scene. They do the goofy little finger shit, or they'll even spout out some Japanese words that you have no clue what it means, but it's magic. It establishes magic in the movie's universe, so that opens up all these possibilities. Unfortunately, it's not the same. it was his name? Sean, Cun- Joe Cunningham. It's not the same Cunningham from the other American ninjas. So even though he's an American ninja, it's kind of American ninja. They shouldn't have just called it American Ninja 5. That's the ultimate thing about it. They could have called it not Surf and Turf Ninja or something like that. Just it, as an American ninja movie, no. But as a fun movie, sure. Why not? Ultimately, I mean... I'm not going to tell you not to watch it. That's a disservice. I mean, you find out. You dive into the abyss. You tell me what it looks like. (laughs) So, I mean, I I won't tell you to not watch it. I'll just listen to this, and you've been warned. (laughs) That I will tell you. (laughs) What a glowing recommendation.
0: (laughs) So, folks, that's it for American Ninja 5. Hold on a second.
7: What? Is there seriously a guy in this movie named Frankenstein? <laughs> Where are you seeing this? Oh yeah, An yeah actor, the actor. The actor yeah, who the played actor. Glock. His name is Clement von Frankenstein.
4: <laughs> How did I miss
7: this? Oh my god! You guys oh. missed
3: it? Oh, I I just thought you didn't want to talk about. It. Yeah, that's.
7: Oh my god! And it's not like a, it's not like made up. He's the son of a Frankenstein.
1: <laughs> look, at the... <laughs> He's look, of Frankenstein. look at the son of Frankenstein. <laughs> and look at and look at the...
7: Well, you met George Friedrich von Unzu Frankenstein. Frankenstein. i George von Unzu Frankenstein.
4: You, you know you can't use all the letters in your name. I mean, sometimes you're just being greedy. <laughs> I mean, Dude, his
3: Scantrons had to be a bitch to fill out.
4: <laughs> He'd be
3: up there, "Oh, excuse me, but can I get another Scantron? <laughs> My name don't fit on one."
0: And just a,
3: a little fact,
0: He's been announced in a movie called Sherlock Holmes vs. Frankenstein
4: as Baron Karl von Frankenstein. This is going to be Frankenstein as himself.
7: Now, this is, this <laughs> just showed me that this was a giant opportunity. The, the villain in this one should have been him, and he should have been piecing together parts of different ninjas to create the ultimate ninja. <laughs>
5: i like oh my god badass i would watch that yeah watch <laughs> the hell out of that. american ninja 6 we bring dudikoff and david bradley <laughs> oh. he was just in a coen brothers movie what the hell oh, <laughs> god.
3: even better is they piece this ninja together and david bradley and and joe armster they they're killed so they piece together. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> he yeah. Dudikoff and oh, Bradley man. together. But they, give, but they give
0: them huge breasts. And Hero is so confused and has a boner. And he has to try and fight them.
4: Why <laughs> you got to make it weird, Derek? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to tie it into this movie look this he, this dude was in a uh, command performance with Dolph Lunger that has the classic line dying ZZ rock and roll is hard just before rock, Dolph Lunger like, kills a bunch of evil Yep,
0: yep. <laughs> and it in the movie rock and roll is hard oh. so we're going to end things there folks this was American Ninja 5 uh, we're going to go off to hear a little bit about some more bottom shelf movies and when <laughs> we get back We're going to talk about this entire franchise experience for 2018 and about the American Ninja movies as a whole. So stick around and let's listen to Dan talk about some shitty movies.
5: It's me, Daniel, with another episode of The Rack, or The Bottom Rack. You know, where we just get, instead of top-shelf entertainment, it's bottom-shelf entertainment. But that doesn't mean that it's bad, it just means it is off the bottom shelf. I've got a special one in store for us today. Uh, This is one of those, and I'm going to kind of bend the rules and kind of bring it back around where it came from. There was a movie whenever I was younger that I've seen the cover all over the place and it was one of those that I could have swore I had seen but I guess I never did it's a movie called Nemesis uh, it's one of those, if you look at the cover you would recognize it this is one of those video store ones that you would generally find probably on the bottom shelf and um, I realized that you know I have never seen this film so I happened to catch it Nemesis from 1992 this is a movie directed by Albert Pyun or i guess i'm pronouncing it wrong, i'll probably just butcher a whole lot of these people's names but you know what <laughs> that's half the fun <laughs> anyway is <laughs> directed by Albert Pune from um, of course Cyborg Fame and you can you can just see that so i'll get to that in just a second anyway Nemesis which came out in 1992 it stars i guess this Oliver Gruner. it's there's an eye like in there so it, it looks like Olivier Gruner, or maybe it's Grunet, or whatever. I don't know, just Oliver Gruner. Uh, sounds good to me. Anyway, it's got Oliver Gruner, Tim Thomerson, Kerry Hudayuki, Tagawa, uh, Shang Tsung. You know that cool guy, the cool Asian guy that's in a lot of stuff? That All right, he's in it. So anyway, you got Oliver Gruner, who's a kickboxer or whatever, and Tim Thomerson. So let me lay it out for you. Here's a synopsis for Nemesis. Alex, a burned out LA cyborg cop, is forced by Commissioner Farnsworth to find his former cyborg partner and lover, Jared, who's about to deliver sensitive data to cyborg terrorists who wish to wage war against humans. Is he being played? That's the synopsis from the IMDB page. This movie was rad, okay? (laughs) This movie was so awesome. Is, let me just, a, I just gave you the story, basically what it boils down to. And this is coming from, I mean, you're seeing, it's almost, you're seeing Albert Pune, how, not really a one trick pony, but you're seeing where a lot of this inspiration comes from with his movies, with this, you know, uh, the use of cyborgs and stuff. Hell, there's even a like a little extendable eye gag, like in Cyborg, uh, with that cyborg chick it's the same way in this movie nemesis it actually does that with uh oliver gruner's character anyway what you have is basically a grander scale of the whole humans versus cyborgs humans versus synthetics we've seen this from blade runner to fallout 4 it's the same concept there apparently is a war going on between cyborgs and humans and this is trying to this is taking it kind of like a a neo-noir type approach now well, let me get to the. All right, so let me just finish this up. It's a neo-noir type approach. The effects is kind of give or take. It's kind of, back. oh, and oh, just real quick, just jumping up, saw his picture. Brian James is in here. He was. A, he's like a character actor. You, you recognize him when you see him. You're like, dude, I know that guy from somewhere. That's Brian James. Anyway, he's in here. And I think, unfortunately, he passed. But regardless, he's in here. There is a lot of gunplay in this movie. And there's a lot of explosions. Actually, there was a, a, quite a bit of action and gore and, like, really cool cyborg effects. It was, was kind of stunning and kind of is just one of those, wow, I never saw this movie. This thing was so cool. You can tell the set pieces where it was filmed, you know, your basic, you know, the California desert backdrop type area, you know, the one that we've all seen that we all know about in that area. It was filmed in that it is not as uh, as the proper term ham fisted it's not where it's like pandering to you with that whole hard boiled noir thing you know, with a gravelly monologue that helps carry the narrative you know it is nothing like that it's just a really cool setup about a dude a cop who's fighting cybernetic people and as you and this is like no spoiler almost near the beginning you find out that he actually has cybernetic parts too so it actually subtly goes into that into the whole philosophical thing that you know always pops up if you've played the games Deus Ex or uh, if you reading any of these you know uh, dystopians futuristic neo noir books like uh, electric sheep you know just that whole thing do humans and do androids have a soul that kind of thing so uh, it it a lot of this but again it never gets preachy and this is me just kind of waxing nerdy about it because on the whole this movie is pretty cut and dry (laughs) it's just dudes hunting cyborgs and trying to kill cyborgs but then he finds out that maybe there's more going on behind the scenes than he first realized maybe cyborgs are everywhere and then tim thomerson his former partner ends up trying to kill him so you know where he starts out as a good guy he ends up being the bad guy on the run and everybody's shooting everybody everybody's killing everybody and there's a lot of killing and uh but i mean is it killing because most of the people that die are cyborgs Anyway, that's a debate for another day. This movie was so cool. And yeah, it's bottom shelf entertainment because you would find, um, like I said, this is on the bottom shelf of video stores everywhere. Brace yourself. (laughs) Let me see if I can paint this picture properly because I know, oh dear God, I can feel it now. You know, got everybody's attention now. So screw it. I'm going to say it. All right. You know how Blade Runner set the bar? For what, especially us '80s nerds, is is set the bar for the neo noir futurism. It set the synth wave, the synth wave bar with the synth wave revival. Now, it is what we thought. It's it kind of a bittersweet way to look at it. Is that the synth wave movement and the retro futurism type stuff with the Blade Runner is the cyberpunk is basically the future that never was. <laughs> Damn, that's so sad. Anyway. Blade Runner just in the tone, in the look, the aesthetic was absolutely brilliant. Everything about that movie was brilliant. But it is so goddamn boring. That movie is so boring. It is first of all, the name Blade Runner. What the hell? It makes it sound like there's gonna be cybernetic kickboxers with satanic powers or something. nope. Blade Runner. There's no there's no blades in it. I don't I can't remember anyway. And there damn sure ain't any running. It just is a misleading anyway. If this movie, Nemesis, and Blade Runner got together, let me put this, if Nemesis were put in Blade Runner setting, like at nighttime, with flying cars, and lots of rain, and lots of neon, and some badass synthwave, Nemesis would probably be like the coolest movie ever. Like, it would be the cyberpunk dream of all time. It just... That's the unfortunate thing that holds Nemesis back, other than some dodgy uh, climactic battle special effects and stuff. But the only thing holding this back, quite honestly, is it's too damn bright. The movie takes place mostly in daytime, and that really hinders it. And of course, budget, you know, so we don't have flying cars, things like that. Ultimately, that's what holds Nemesis back. Because I'm telling you, it, I'm telling you to watch the movie because it's freaking cool. If you like that movie, Cyborg. Yes, the Van Damme movie, the canon film Yes, Cyborg, that movie, that freaking awesome movie Which is one of my favorites If you like that movie, you're going to like this movie If you like Blade Runner but you kind of wanted to see more guns being fired (laughs) Watch this movie If you like that whole cyberpunk, android type Deus Ex Feel, you know, the video game Deus Ex Watch this film uh, if you're bored and just need a cool movie to watch, I—I I mean, I'm saying, dude, this movie was awesome. Nemesis. I mean, you can—it's directed by Albert Pune, so you've got shades of his cybernetic thing. This fascination he has with that—totally cool movie. I totally recommend it. Nemesis came out in 1992, and yeah. So there's my bottom shelf entertainment. <laughs> so y'all take it easy.
0: So every year, as my longtime listeners know, we pick a long-running series of films, and we watch them all, and then after we're all done, we sit and have a therapy session where we vent all of our frustrations, (laughs) yell and scream and point fingers at each other, and get it all out so we never have to talk about them again
1: about vice academy very badly every year
0: so we are done with american ninja and let's start with seth powlin let's let's hear your final general thoughts about the american ninja movies and your experience this year on astro radio z with the franchise
6: what i saw what i saw that the uh the fans and listeners had picked american ninja i knew it was going to be smooth sailing Cheesy ninja action flicks from the late 80s, early 90s. Who, who would say no? It's been a blast. Uh, I didn't even know there was a part five until this whole uh, franchise series episodes. So it ended a little rocky for me, but I'm not going to complain about that. The first four are awesome. It gave me a reason to revisit a couple of them and see the other ones for the first time. It's Canon Films doing what Canon Films does, or did. Uh, God rest their soul. Had a blast. Can't complain. How would you
0: rank the franchises so far that we've done? Would this be the top of the shelf?
6: Uh, it didn't have the best movies, but I think it was the most consistent. I, uh, for The ones I've done, I think The Howling had the best movies, but also had Dirt in the Chili.
0: Uh. (laughs) the poppy that's dirt in the chili Uh,
6: puppet Uh, master had some good stuff but that took a real sharp dive off a cliff i don't think american ninja went long enough to really have that sharp decline and just stay there so it ended before it got crappy
7: so glenn let's hear it if these are the best ninjas then it's no surprise Japan lost World War II. <laughs> um, I mean, the first one, I remember watching the first one back in the 80s, you know, when I was uh, a dumb kid. And now that I'm a dumb adult, I can realize what a dumb kid I was. Um, I still enjoyed it. I mean, revisiting them, this is, man, the, the first couple especially are the definitely a sign of, of not just the 80s, but Hollywood in general, where the... Uh, better skilled and talented black man is the sidekick to the white dude who really can't even do anything for the most part in the first movie. (laughs) Um, And then just so much, it's so dated eighties where there's just so many racial stereotypes. And I just, I mean, as far as overall was this, this was probably the best series we've watched because it was the shortest and yeah, as uh, Seth pointed out, it didn't have that, you know, giant drop because, you know, you can only fall so far from the fifth floor as you can from like, you know, what is Puppet Master, the 78th floor or how many episodes <laughs> of that uh, shit fest there are now. So, um, it just, it just gets so redundant. <laughs> it's, just, it's like, dude has Ninja Army, dude wants to rule the destroy the world in some way, or it's telling him to some bad guys who want to destroy the world. and white dude's gonna stop it all that's just it's the same thing over and over and over again except the last one we get to have uh the poor man's version of short round so I just uh, you know these are these are slowly wearing away at my life
0: <laughs> are you saying the franchise episodes
7: just everything in general but yes the franchise episodes but I will keep doing it because what have I got to live for let's be honest um <laughs> But I mean, you know, I mean, I I can at least say I, I didn't, like, watch these and be like, oh, my God, claw my eyes out like I did for, you know, <laughs> Puppet Masters 4 through 62 um, or all of Vice Academy. <laughs> so, um, I mean, there's at least that. I mean, these, these are actually, you know, they're all at least watchable movies. You're not going to walk out of watching these and be like, oh, dear God, these people should be rounded up and killed. Um, <laughs> You might say, "Don't let you know some of these people be in movies again, like, <laughs> hero. But it is what it is, and you know, I've said I've said my piece for American Ninja.
0: Okay, Scott <laughs> uh, there, Davis, not a
7: six. Uh, oh,
4: yeah. well, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I guess by default, it would be towards the top.
0: Because, I know where this
4: is going oh fuck no i guess no, really not, <laughs> i really don't have anything planned honestly uh i guess by default it would be towards the top because it there's like you know there's really not the super highs and super lows for instance howling you had super highs super lows uh, oh shit uh what else did we do um puppet Witch. master yeah. you witchcraft had witchcraft. Super, super highs. super no, I'm, I'm talking about super highs come back <laughs> down to earth <laughs> yeah,
0: there are no super highs <laughs> when concerned with the witchcraft, witchcraft
4: series has witchcraft series has has i'm glad i didn't slip my wrist in the last 90 minutes To oh i wish i had <laughs> that's about it <laughs> but uh you know um so i guess you know there are entries i liked and there's entries i didn't like Uh, Part 5 would probably be, like, right smack dab in the middle of the series, honestly. Um, Really, I'm sorry. The only ones that uh, are kind of similar in quality are the Voice Academy movies. Um, But, uh, you know, they have... uh, Because they are all kind of rather consistent in quality, even if those did dip a little bit down towards the end. Um, And uh, But, yeah. No, I guess this would be towards the... I mean... American Ninja is weird. Like you think about American Ninja and you're like, "Oh my god, those movies were so amazing. I loved them so much." And you watch the first one and you're like, "Yes, this is incredible." And then you watch the rest of them, you're like, "Okay." <laughs> you know. You're like, "I guess, you know, you you can't go home again, huh?" <laughs> you know. And it's kind of like that, but uh uh so I guess they would be kind of towards the top. It was uh a fun experience. I'm glad we had it, but I mean, like, yeah, this is like um, it, it, this, this, this I feel like, you know, this is pretty good. You know, 2000. the last couple of years have beaten us all down pretty freaking hard, so uh, I kind of like that, you know, Astro Radio Z played with kid gloves this time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Me too.
4: I gotta agree with you on that one.
3: Uh, Mark the movie man. Out of the franchises, this was one of the less Painful. Um, as as Scott said, the other ones had super highs and and super lows. This one, yeah, I have to agree. It it, it stayed consistent, um even when it jumped actors. Uh, you know, you you knew what you were getting with the formula. The first one was just you're just like, oh man, you know. The second one, okay, you know, and then you're like, wait, who's this guy? And then you got, oh yay, Dudikoff, and who's this guy? Oh that guy. You know, and then this one completely different movie. But overall, compared to some of the other franchises, never would did I watch these and feel like I was completely in pain, like I wanted to rake myself over hot coals and go. You know, I want to do that again. Uh, <laughs> so, in that sense, even the movie that wasn't supposed to be an American Ninja film, uh, there's a little charm in here. It is dated it is from a different period but out of the franchises this was fun also it was short so those two things together uh put it above a number of the other ones like the witchcraft series though derek you do mention puppet master and I didn't make I, one I, reference to I, fucking Puppet Master. Well, you
0: David, fucking son of a bitch! <laughs> I know where this is going. I don't appreciate it. You fucking son of a bitch! I thought we were buddies. I thought we were pals. I thought we were compatriots. This is a bullshit.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, what? But that series isn't complete, Derek.
0: <laughs> you fucking
1: son of a bitch! <laughs>
3: <laughs> so yeah american ninja is not a bad franchise
4: <laughs>
0: i'm building this I'm I, i'm building something here but i'm gonna let daniel edinfield talk first before i say my piece now that it's tinged with
1: anger
0: <laughs> dan you've been so jacked and ready for this uh, this series, and uh, I'm gonna let you round this out before I uh sit and speak my piece. So, final thoughts.
5: Uh, I, this has been a hoot. I can't really think of anything cool to say. It's like, well, this is magical. This is badass. This is the one. I mean, this is just—it <laughs> was fun from the beginning. I haven't. I wasn't on. The episodes of witchcraft and the howling but i was there in spirit i have lived through those movies myself and then of course we all remember the puppet masters and that uh mm, it's been great american ninja just the fact that it even ended up on the list i had to do it is just fun the fact that these movies for people like me you guess even though my name's dan you would call me a mark The playground mark. The advertising, the word of mouth advertising that these films get, you can't buy this shit. Okay. Hollywood has racked its brain and sold its soul to any elder god that it can find for this kind of publicity. And it just, you can't do it. Money cannot buy. this word of mouth franchise building, the advertising that this franchise has gotten ever since we were kids on the fucking playground at school, because that's what these movies are. Watching them back then, they were cool as hell, at least the first one, because I was young and didn't care. You know, usually watching them it'd be spending the night with a friend's house. And so I'm trying to divide my attention between watching American Ninja, the popcorn, Bed Farts, and playing Nintendo. So, I mean, you know, you got all this excitement going on. Hindsight, whenever I look at it through nostalgia glasses, they're fucking wonderful. Watching them now, <laughs> maybe not so much, but they were still fun. It was enjoyable. Not the greatest movies, but I mean, come on, not the worst movies. Dudekov didn't know martial arts, but he had a good screen presence. In the films, he just he was cool from a little kid standpoint, watching the movies. You want to be like him. It's cool as shit. Steve James talks. You laugh. He's got a wonderful personality. So whenever you pair them together, the chemistry between DudaKov and Steve James is I mean, that shit was excellent. I wish we would have gotten some more screen time with them. Just take the franchise and keep going. Give us like lethal weapon, but do it with American Ninja. I think that shit would have been killer. Regardless, I appreciate what we got. David Bradley is an ass kicker and a half. Maybe not necessarily the best actor in the world. And I think that's the problem. Kind of my regret with him is just he never really got like the chance to do what he does other than kicking ass. But regardless, on the whole, the movie's not the greatest, but fun. And I think ultimately that's just the main thing, just as a kid watching them they were fun watching them now it never felt like a chore <laughs> with the puppet master movies i love y'all but a couple of them it felt like a chore press and play because i knew what i was in for i had, <laughs> i didn't know how horrible they were i had forgotten that i guess i'd blocked those <laughs> painful memories out of my brain but uh these movies never felt like a chore and thank you for letting me watch him, dude. <laughs> thank you. It's been badass. Well, I appreciate
0: you guys wanting to do this again. Let's take a walk down memory lane, shall we? We have done this since the inception of my run of this podcast. I mean, uh, longtime listeners will know that my dear friend Corey J. Udler started Astro Radio Z. And the, the show wasn't necessarily what it is now. It was more of an open forum where people would come on and we would just bullshit for the most part. And eventually it started becoming more focused on individuals that were in the industry and specific movies that were coming out. And then when Corey left, I transitioned it strictly to talking about films. Central focus of the podcast became that. And one of the things I always wanted to do was deep dive franchises because as growing up as fans, we all sat and feverishly watched franchises that we loved. And the first franchise that we covered here on this podcast was the Nightmare on Elm Street series. It's I think it was episode three, three or four. And we did that in one episode. It's like a three and a half hour episode. I think it's it's a really long episode. And uh, after that, I kind of came up with the idea that we were going to try and do multi part episodes to cover long running uh, series of films. And we started with the Witchcraft series because, as if you had listened to any of the old like the first season of Astro Radio Z, the first year that we did this, um, I had these movies sitting around and I had never rented them and wanted to dive into them. And this was a reason to do it that actually I would gain something out of watching these movies. There would be something out there in the world that I had actually accomplished and made (laughs) as opposed to just wasting my time. But ultimately, I did just waste my time because those movies were awful. And that first series of the franchise uh, episodes that we did was such a chore that I almost didn't want to do it again. And as we know, the second year that we did this, um, actually, if you want to count it, the third year we did this, um, we did the Vice Academy series. And I even with... Scott, I championed us to do those. (laughs) And if you remember, folks, we did the first episode in January. (laughs) We did not do the second episode until October of that year. That's how much I was looking forward to watching more (laughs) of those movies. (laughs) That
1: sucked. (laughs)
0: And I wanted to start putting it out there for the listeners to start voting. And um, the rest of the ones that we've done so far weren't as bad as the the second and third series that we did. Witchcraft and Vice Academy were rough. Really rough. Mostly because back then I used to watch the movies multiple times. And in the case of the Witchcraft movies, way too many times. Mm -hmm. I'll never have to watch those movies ever again in my entire life. Oh, once <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, I'm crying
7: um, <laughs> but
0: when it comes to this year and this series of films this was an absolute joy to watch every last one of these movies I was excited and happy every single time I turned one of these on I cannot say that Outside of Howling New Moon Rising, I cannot say that about any of the other episodes that we've done for these. And um, even though it it sounded like for a long time on these episodes that I was kind of dogging them down, I was having fun with them because action movies make me laugh because they're usually so serious that they just scream for unironic humor. And these movies being when they were made, just there's just so much of it because they're time capsules of when they were made. So it's hard not to kind of giggle at them because they're just so serious and so earnest about what they're trying to present. And they're just goofy inherently. And um, I love them. Uh, This this easily was my favorite franchise we've done so far. By by far. Absolutely the best franchise we've done so far. Uh, The worst is still Vice Academy. It will always be because, as I've said on this podcast many times, comedies that aren't funny are the worst kind of movies. So those are the worst with Witchcraft running right behind. So um, I'm, I'm happy we did these. Really happy. And I'm happy you guys decided to do these with me. And uh, if this podcast is still around next year, we'll do another set. <laughs> so look forward to that next year, folks. Uh, as if you noticed, and I keep saying this on all the episodes, the, the podcast is kind of slowing down. And uh, when the next episode will be, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, I know we have some stuff planned in the future. So stay subscribed. We'll still be here as always. As in the early years of this podcast, it's not going anywhere. It'll still be around. It just has to fit around my life, which is rather hectic all the fucking time. So thanks for listening. The mega cut of this will be out fairly soon where I stitch together all of the episodes into one torturously long listening experience for you masochists out there. So wait for that. And then until then. Let's round this out with a portion of the show where my guests shamelessly show the fuck out of you, Mr. Daniel
5: Addenfield. Show away to my audience. I'm Dan, and you can find me here on the Astro Radio Z podcast, or you can find me at nightkeep.com, or just go to band camp and check out the Nightkeep. Keep. Uh, Mr. Glenn Bittner.
2: Uh,
5: you
7: can find me with the B-Bunker and the Guy in the Bunker Productions on both Facebook and YouTube, as well as on my website, guyinthebunker.com find me in my gaming podcast at gmcast.com with the adventure party, or just follow me on Twitter at the Bunker.
3: My dear, dear friend, Mr. Mark, the movie man, specialmarkproductions.com. You can go there, catch the podcast episodes, I have a link to my YouTube channel. And, uh, you can also follow me on the Twitters special Mark pro on Instagram, special Mark prod and yeah, but specialmarkproductions.com is the one you can go to, to find everything else.
4: Scott Davis. Uh Yes, you can find me at com, where I'm writing all sorts of new stuff. Someday. Maybe. <laughs> I think. Eventually. <laughs> Probably not. But hopefully. <laughs> 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 but you can read all the old stuff there. And uh, also catch uh, episodes of my web series, Movieocracy at vimeo.com slash channels slash Movieocrity.
0: Last but not least, Mr. Seth. The monster, mania, sadist, and <laughs> Uh Maybe if you're a patron, you'll hear little stories about this <laughs> adventure that he had last weekend. But uh, go ahead and show, my friend.
6: Uh, you can find me at CelluloidTerror.com and on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those fine social media outlets for all sorts of horror and exploitation film reviews and uh, home video reviews.
0: And as always, I'm your host, Derek Carey. Thanks for listening to another episode of Astro Radio Z. See you later.
2: Radio Z on iTunes Stitcher TuneIn Google Play YouTube And anywhere podcasts are found Please help us by subscribing Rating the show And giving us a review It helps us get the show out to more listeners Also If you would like to hear more of the show and be a more active participant, join the Astro Radio Z Facebook group and page, and join the Patreon. For only $1 a month, you get bonus episodes. Thank you for listening. See you next week, Astro Zombies.
1: So loud.